0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and welcome to the Tech Educator Podcast, your live professional development every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Where tonight we're going to be talking all about blogging and what you can do in your classroom with students and a little bit of creativity. We have a great panel today, and we're going to be talking to our friends from a great company called Seesaw to figure out what they can do for you and your students. I want to bring on our guest tonight, Mr. Sam Patterson? Sam, how are you tonight?
1: I'm doing phenomenally.
0: That is fantastic. Tell us a little bit about what's going on. You said you only have a few more hours left of school, right? What's going on in uh, California these days?
1: Right. Well, school ends June 12th, but I see my kids once a week. So in all the classes I teach, I'm down to three or two sessions left. So, um, it's very exciting. We've got a lot left to do, but like today we had our fifth grade share out of our individual passion projects and they shared with the third graders Nice. and the energy in the room was amazing. And what the kids shared was really cool. And I realized that while I'd seen parts of these, I'd never seen most of them fully coherently together, because a lot of it didn't happen until just before we presented. And it was a great experience.
0: That is pretty awesome. We've got a lot of people at our schools doing passion projects and hobby projects and stuff like that. So thank you so much for joining us, Sam. But before I let you go, you had a new podcast episode dropped, didn't you?
1: Yes, I did. Episode, I believe, 22 of Beyond the Hour of Code, where we talked about toy hacking.
0: Nice. What is toy hacking?
1: Toy hacking is where you take a made toy and you cut into it and you expose some of its inner workings and you connect them to a computer and reprogram it. It's my solution to the fact that my kids don't want to build robots. You know, I work with elementary students and building a Lego robot can be overwhelming for them. But if we can hack into an existing toy that uses the same dynamics of robotics, simple input, simple output and motors, then it's really fun, a little twisted
0: and really engaging there was a pun in there right i'm sure (laughs) as we get towards the end of the year many people are going to be asking themselves the question what do they do with their gmail accounts what do they do with their google drive accounts if you're a senior what do you give those people who are leaving your school district my co-host today has the answer for that question on a new blog post and fantastic screencast i'll say that just came out on the brand new teachingforward.net jennifer judkins how are you today
2: um, great. Great to see you guys tonight. So excited about our topic tonight. And um, glad you mentioned that post because it's that time of year when students are leaving and people are wondering what do we do with all this great content in Google Drive.
0: It is a it is a, a very timely topic. Uh, we've been talking about it a lot in our school of what do you do, what do you say, do you say anything? Uh, there's a lot of different answers. You have the answers for us um, over at teachingforward.net. And I got to tell you, the, the best thing about that post... It's not school specific. So any school can uh, take that stuff and uh, I don't want to say plagiarize, but I believe the word is acquire some of the knowledge that you've been partaking upon us. And that screencast, I got to tell you, Jen, absolutely fantastic.
2: Thanks. No, I was excited to share that out because I think that when we can um, create things that can be used quickly and easily by other districts, then that's fantastic because we all are in the same place where we want to give directions to students that are clear So the post offers printable directions that are not school specific as well as a short video tutorial um, about Google Takeout and a lot of people are unaware that Takeout even exists and for those that knew it exists, they may not be aware that Takeout now has a new feature involving transfer directly to a personal Google account, which is a really great option, um, much better than what was available to our students at this time last year.
0: You know, I've been uh, tweeting that that link out, and maybe we'll put it in the show notes tonight for this episode here. There was a question that we were talking about uh, on Twitter a couple nights ago. Your obviously creating this post for seniors who are leaving but then the philosophical question comes up do you give that same information to teachers who might be resigning retiring quitting you're letting go what does your school do or what do you recommend for the teachers that you're kind of pushing out the doors it's the same process but do you say we "We we don't want you anymore
2: absolutely if we if we know teachers are um you know taking a different job or Um, you know, moving, that kind of thing, then I do try to offer that up. It's actually something that I try to tell teachers about when they begin to adopt Google Drive as a way to save and store their information. Because the nice thing about Takeout is it's not just when you're leaving that you can use it. You can use Takeout at any time to create a backup copy of all of your Drive contents into another account. It doesn't affect your, your original source content. So I think Um, In a time where teachers are, you know, increasingly frustrated that districts move to different platforms and then seem to move away within a matter of years, when I talk to teachers about the wonderful, you know, environment that Google Drive provides, I try to tell them about this feature right off the top so that they feel secure in knowing that they can take their content at any time and That even though, for example, it's a school account that their their data can be taken by them, but also at the same time left at the school for those who might follow them. So I think it's kind of the best of both worlds in that way that everybody is left whole and teachers aren't losing information and schools aren't being left without things that teachers created in their role at school.
0: Absolutely. And uh, moving along, tonight we're going to be talking all about student blogging and some of the great things that we could do with a fantastic application called Seesaw. Uh, Let's go down the panel here and introduce our guests. Uh, Let's start with Angela.
3: Hi, I'm Angela Gagke and I lead the community team here at Seesaw. So that involves really supporting the worldwide community of teachers that are using Seesaw, but also our Seesaw ambassadors who are super fans of Seesaw and really want to teach um, other teachers about it. I am coming out of my kindergarten classroom where I taught for 15 years and was able to use Seesaw. Um, I was one of the first teachers that actually got to, to beta test Seesaw way back in 2015. So um, having used it, it's brought me basically to my position now where I want to share it with the world. So here I am.
0: And let's go down the line. And uh, Julie.
3: Hi there. I'm Julie Jacobs. I'm talking to you
4: from Kansas. I'm a Seesaw enthusiast. I've been with it from the beginning. I do some webinars for Seesaw now and again, and we're in a district that actually uses Seesaw K-12, but I use it with the biggest kids. I teach seniors in ELA, and so I was using it with our big kids right up until the day they graduated. So I kind of have a different spin on things than some of the people who you see self littles. but I love it, it has been a game changer for my
5: classroom, so I can't wait to talk about it more tonight.
0: Very, very cool, thank you so much for being here. And Sophia.
5: Hi there, Um, I'm Sophia Garcia-Smith. I am a second grade teacher right outside of Chicago, Illinois. Um, I have taught second grade now for six years, and I've been using Seesaw. This is my third year. So I love being an ambassador and sharing it. And um, once we get started, I'll show you how I use blog and our Title I um, building, which is kind of a new and exciting thing for us.
0: Well, thank you, everybody, for being here. It is so nice. Of course, we are here live on TeacherCast.tv as we are every single Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're, of course, broadcasting live over on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook. And, of course, you can find out all of our great shows on TeacherCast.net slash audio and TeacherCast.net slash video. And, of course, if you like this content, please click the subscribe button right underneath of this video box. We would love to have you as a guest. Subscribing is the best way to have all of our great content brought right to you without having you to go hunting. Hunting for it. So let's get right into our concept here. Angela, talk to us a little bit about Seesaw. What uh, what can Seesaw do for us and for our, our, our students?
3: Uh, okay, so Seesaw really is framed as a student-driven digital portfolio, but really is a way for students to capture, reflect, and share their learning in any format that happens. So if you're doing a lot of hands-on creation in your classroom um, and you want students to capture with audio, visual, Um, pictures, videos, they can do that and annotate and then share it with in their classroom, but then also with important audiences outside of the classroom, such as their families, um, other students globally via Seesaw blogs, and lots of embedded tools for creating right within Seesaw as well. So lots of options for students to really feel empowered to share their learning in whatever format they feel comfortable in. Um, And also works really well with any other creation tools that you're using in your classroom or other apps as well.
0: Now, I love that word that you just used, empowering. And when you put it next to students, those are two words that have to go together, especially in this day and age. Talk to us a little bit about that. How does Seesaw empower students?
3: So I think I mean, I, I want to start and talk specifically about my kindergarten classroom where I was in um, and talking specifically about a five year old. Um, so when I think of empowering a student, I think there's a lot of limitations and barriers for particular students. Um, I think each student maybe has their own limitations, Um, but I think Seesaw allows some of those barriers to be broken down. So specifically when I'm talking about younger students, one of the barriers they often face working with technology or just the digital world is how do I share my learning if I can't write and if I can't type and I can't do those things yet. But I still have a lot to share, and I still have a lot to say, and a lot of reflecting to do. Um, And prior to Seesaw in my classroom, I always struggled with finding a way to do that. Um, I had done a lot of things previously with kind of other apps and did a lot of um, app smashing per se, but there were a lot of steps involved and a lot of teacher, teacher steps involved. And I think once Seesaw came along, uh, it opened a whole new world. So in my kindergarten classroom with five-year-olds, it was incredibly empowering for just a simple thing such as you're doing writer's workshop and writing a story. And at the beginning of kindergarten, students are drawing and they're explaining their story and they have amazing stories to tell. Um, and we know that their storytelling really starts with oral storytelling. So for them to be able just take to take a picture of their work and then tap the mic and be able to tell their story and share that, um, that's captured and and can go beyond their page to important audiences so whether that be their teacher or peers in the classroom or even their families at home a lot of times without the tool that would just be stuck you would have to you know you would have to have the student next to you and hopefully number one remembering what they were trying to express in that moment um, but also deciphering what what they were what they were thinking. So um, when I saw, I saw that a lot in my classroom. So I also think of empowering, I think of a student um, in my class. I have so many examples, but you know, students on the autism spectrum that struggle with communication and um, sharing anything that's happening at school with their family at home. And I had a student that just clicked with Seesaw and he had this amazing ability to speak in the moment and share and reflect and had deep thoughts. Um, And his family was so appreciative of having that connection uh, that had never existed before for them. So, and the kids are really proud of what they're doing and what they're sharing. So, and it's because they can do it on their own. They can do it independently um, with tools that they choose. So I think that's one of the major the major things we like to focus here on CISA is really empowering students. There's lots of tools out there, but we really focus on making a tool that is easy enough for a five-year-old to use, but is applicable to you know PhD or college-level students as well.
1: Right, because right. when you're when doing your this kind of, kind of work, the um, challenge can be getting that that back to home. So when you were talking about your kids having that experience of being able to share that to home and really being able to explain their stories and tell their stories and i like to um it's funny in a lot of ways seesaw does many of the things that i'm able to do also with scratch junior because they're both storytelling apps and i think some of the best storytelling apps we use with kids um help them bridge the difference between their fluency and their literacy so they're able to share what they have but really expand on it further and give you everything that's in their head i mean you were talking about a scene from early in the year in kindergarten when they're drawing and they're having to you know explain what they're doing uh yesterday my kindergarten makerspace class ended up totally not building anything because I was planning on having them do a little bit of thinking, a little bit of brainstorming, a little bit of planning and writing, and then we were going to build. And they had been reading Goldilocks and the three bears. They came into maker space. I had a few slides up which recast the story from the bear's perspective. And they helped me tell the story from the bear's perspective, doing some empathy building. And then I asked them what we could design to help the bears. And the students started and I gave them big pieces of paper and the students started writing out what they could do. And first of all, I was struck by the fact that every single one of them started with writing. I'm like, whoa, this is May in kindergarten. Okay, that's really wild. And then they like discovered there was a second side to the paper. So they turned it over and they filled the second side. And then we got out. I'm like, "Okay, I'm going back to your room and I'm getting the iPads and we're going to film the kids reading. And we filmed the kids reading what they wrote and we had a couple of teachers available. So we pulled them out into the hallway because I think one of the biggest challenges is always like, how do I get an audio that's good enough, right? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. It just needs yeah. to be good enough. Um, and we had the kids read into the camera and we sent that home on Seesaw. Um, and I made, uh, I was able to recreate the storytelling piece I did very quickly as like a trailer this is what i love to do i love to make a little 30 second video and put it on seesaw and tag all the kids in it so it goes to all of their feeds and then their assignment follows that video in the feed so instead of just randomly talking about trapping goldilocks and having mom and dad be like um what <laughs> <clears throat> we give them the uh a, a summary of the prompts they're like oh okay this is them doing that in response to that. And the conversation that then happens on Seesaw is what I think is amazing because, I mean, it's great to say, yes, they share that at home. And in my mind, oh yeah. And then they talk about it at home, which I'm sure they do, but they also talk about it in the app, right? We're training these kids on social media and they're having these uh, conversations with their parents and like the kid who had to go back to the class to get his glasses and put his fine told twice to put his glasses on when he was working you know mom comments you look really smart in those glasses great job reading right you know so you can tell it's this ongoing process of learning and seesaw really enables me as a teacher to have a more active role in that
3: well, I think, Sam, too, what you were saying um, is process. And I think that's so important um, for learning. And one of the things that we value as well, too, here, it's not always the end product. It's not always something that's shiny and clean and sparkly. Um, learning's messy. And that's okay. And there's a lot that happens in that moment and during that process uh, that we want students to be able to capture, but also reflect on as well. And I think I think what's powerful about this tool in particular is that it's able to capture so many different components. You can hear them, you can see them, um, you can see the pro- the process that they're making, and and more so that the student can bo- go back and see that in their portfolio. So it's one thing for me as a teacher to say, well, back in September you did this, and they're like, yeah, 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 I don't really believe it. But if you show them, no, really, see, like you can hear yourself you can see the growth that they've made i think it's it adds a layer of complexity um, and and reflection that didn't exist before
1: i'm i'm making notes because i'm like oh my goodness i so have to get my maker class to go back through their maker posts and look at them like we have to have that conversation
2: Well, it's, it's great because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a tech coach and I work in grades K to 12. And so I'm always in a position where teachers are asking for advice on what to use. And I, I, you know, I hesitate to recommend many things and overwhelm people. And that's just the beauty of seesaw that, that really with one single tool that has a very easy learning curve to it and is super kid friendly, but also as a result, teacher friendly, um, teachers find that it opens up this whole world for them to be using technology effectively without feeling like they have all these different tools to learn and also teach the kids. So as you say, like the the different ways in which students can express themselves and demonstrate their learning, I just have been so impressed that not only did, did the tool start out with lots of options, but you've continued as a platform to build on that. And I think it's really important to make sure the audience understands that um, this tool is available as a free platform and a, there's a premium version. And, and it's very robust even in the free version. So I think that's important because teachers want to try things and know that, um, that they're, it's not going to be taken away from them, but yet it could open up even more doors for them if they wanted to monitor student learning over a longer period of time beyond their just their class. Um, you know, maybe Angela, you can speak to some of the different ways that it, it differs when, when we look at the free options versus those premium options and why, uh, you know, what some of the things are available to teachers so that they're aware of those. I
3: think, I think that's great uh, to bring up because one of the things that, that I've heard along the way, too, is, you know, some people feel like the, the free is too good to be true. Like something is mysteriously going to happen here. It's just too amazing. Uh, it's going to be taken away from us. And that's not true. One of the missions here is really to give access to everyone to use these great tools. Um, and if you want to go ahead and as you begin to use Seesaw, I feel like professionally, I grew a lot as well. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I can do this and I can do this and I can start rethinking how I've done things in the past. Um, so you can, with Seesaw Plus, you have some added options of Skills View, which allows you to add different skills that you can tag items with specific skills. So whether that be a standard or a skill that you're working on in your classroom, like persistence or you know, communicating effectively or things like that, um, those things can be added to CESA. So you really capture you know, the whole essence of your student. Um, so that's a feature of Seesaw Plus as well as a private teacher notes and a private teacher folder. Um, so that's specific to Seesaw Plus. And I know Julie would love to talk more about Seesaw for Schools because that is our, our paid premium service. And really, that's there's great features with that. But I think... What what is what is hard to describe about the features um, related to seesaw for schools is that, or unmentioned somewhat, is the community that it really provides surrounding your learning. You know that through in your within your whole school or whole entire district that everyone's on the same page and how they're um, they're really supporting that that vision of learning and inviting that audience um, and community for all students surrounding learning. So Julie, maybe you want to talk a little bit about your experience with that. Yes, I would love to. So we were early adopters of Seesaw, um, and we
4: are one-to-one iPads K-12 in a tiny district in a tiny town that's doable. Um, And we just realized that we love the idea of our students getting authentic feedback um, from a variety of stakeholders beyond just parents and families. So we made a push to get all of our parents connected, of course, and we are at about 100% in our K-6 building. It's a little less in our 712 building but you know cl- close in some grade levels I taught seniors and I was close to 100% in that grade level um, but we wanted students getting feedback and knowing they were creating for a bigger audience than just parents and families. So we've connected every kid to another teacher or another stakeholder. And there are other adults giving feedback, meaningful feedback to students on their work. So our principals, our school counselors, um, seminar and homeroom type teachers, they're getting in and weighing in. And we talk a lot about well, and I think Sam made this point, too. It's good training for social media in general and good um digital citizenship skill building, but we talk a lot about, um, leaving highway comments and not dead end comments and trying to carry the conversation and say things other than just good job. So we talk a lot about that with kids and parents, and it's just been a wonderful opportunity. Um, in our first year of using Seesaw K-12, we had already, um, created like 15,000, um, pieces of of well or student creations I, I like to say creations rather than just pieces of work but um I just kept thinking of that as like that's 15,000 chances to connect with parents and families that's amazing and 15,000 chances for our kids to get feedback so it has just really been transformative and I could talk forever too about what that looks like in a high school classroom as a high school teacher for many many years I, I've taught for 18 years um, I wasn't sending work home for p- parents to see, right? You don't send big kids home with a backpack and a folder and they don't take work out to hang on the fridge. Um, I was maybe remiss. I mean, maybe I was negligent and not doing that, but, um, parents are connected to my classroom in a way they never have been before. Cause you guys know with high school kids, paperwork ends up in a locker or a backpack or a trash can. It doesn't go home. So I would
1: always, I would always ask the parents cause I taught high school from the beginning of my career. Um, I would always ask the parents, so what do you hear about English class? And they're like, nothing. We
4: didn't do anything.
1: Right. It's like, okay, good. So I'll tell you, I'll start by telling you what we do. And then, you know, and that's, that's conference time, right? That's, that's, we've got seven and a half minutes and I'm spending it on syllabus. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. really it really just changed my classroom it's been transformative i make a lot of videos of just what we're doing in class students working cooperatively i walk around and film um, and like we said like angela said you know i don't censor that i don't only put good stuff i put everything so it's not just the best work it's all the work and it's everything we're doing and parents are getting a real glimpse. and um, if you ever thought maybe big kids didn't want their parents um, seeing their work um, i just have had some of the best experiences and have so many great memories of like senior boys, like 12th grade boys about to graduate, too cool for school, you know, and they would say things to me like, has my mom seen that yet? Has my mom seen it? What did my mom say? Um, And it was just really cool to see that they cared so much about their parents seeing their work and about that feedback. So it's just been really meaningful and rewarding for me professionally. And then obviously as a parent, you know, because my own kids are using Seesaw in their classrooms too. So I just love it.
1: Julie, I wanted to circle back on the feedback piece you mentioned because when I started blogging in I don't know twenty i want to say twenty twelve twenty eleven with my freshmen um in at the high school level, we were. Challenge to get like it was like looking for pen pals and then I would spend my nights on Facebook like hurling links at people saying hey I see you're interested in such and so please respond to these kids. So I love, uh, but I hadn't actually thought that much about it since I've been out of that classroom so I really love the fact that you kind of reminded me of that and I'm thinking about, you know, even our our passion projects and, and that kind of stuff really how I could use and I haven't yet use Seesaw as a vehicle to, you know, make that communication happen. I like that a lot. Well,
3: and I think Sophia has great experiences to share specific to the blogging component in that global audience. So Sophia, do you want to talk a little bit about how you set that up for your students? Because I, I completely borrowed her acronym that she uses for getting students used to giving feedback um, on a blog, but I know she's also done a lot with a global
5: audience for her second graders as well. Um, Yeah, so um, I teach second grade. And as you know, a lot of their comments could be great job, thumbs up, smiley face. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just felt like it just wasn't valuable. It wasn't something that they could get anything back from. And so we changed it up a little bit and we use something called TAG, T-A-G. T stands for tell me something that you liked about it. A, ask a question, and G, give me a suggestion or give me a compliment. And so now students are forced to really look at the work and um, really say what it is they like. If you were to give a happy face or a thumbs up, what is it that you would follow behind that emoji? And I think that was so important for my kids. Um because some of them would say, well, I had seven people like my post um, and others who were disappointed that they didn't have anybody liking their post. And I said, well, you still can't tell me what they liked about your post. That's great that you had five likes or seven likes, but wouldn't it be nice if you could figure out how you can take that work and extend it, make it a little bit better. And what I love about the feedback part of it is that it has changed their work because they know that somebody else is going to see it. They see that somebody's going to respond on it, and then they can change it to better it for whatever it is that um, that compliment or that um, feedback was at any point. And so it was really important. We also do that with the parents. Um, I send home almost like a homework sheet and say, this is how we are doing feedback in our classroom. I would appreciate if you would also follow these rules so that your Mm -hmm. students get the feedback the same way. And so it's been really great for um, not only my class but you know spreading it into other teachers who have emailed me or um, you know sent me a message on twitter like this has changed the way that my kids are giving and getting feedback and it's changing the way that we're uh, using the feedback to better our writing or to better our posts or whatever it is so it's been really really great and um, we use the same thing whenever we connect with um, other schools. So within Seesaw you can you can quickly create a blog. It literally is a button pushed of a button and that is it. And what's awesome about Seesaw is that they're so Conscious of privacy and making sure that our kids are safe that you can connect with other seesaw blogs directly so that you are directly with a teacher who's using seesaw you're using seesaw and then your students can communicate through the blog again using this kind of feedback. Um, And we've been very fortunate to be able to connect with schools from all over the world um, using seesaw there's a great resource that seesaw has listing teachers of all different grade levels. who you see, saw so you can make those connections. So before, when we used to be looking for pen pals and trying to find somebody whose uncle's father's brother lived in Italy and whatever else it would be, now it's simply looking at this spreadsheet and finding um, other classrooms that you're willing to connect with. And it's been an experience that my kids will probably um, appreciate for the rest of their lives. I work in a district again; it's Title One. We have a lot of students who will probably never move outside of you know the Illinois area. And here they are having these experiences of what does a school look like in Italy and what does it look like in India and what does it look like in Saudi Arabia? And we're taking them to places that they may never see.
2: I love that you um, talked a little bit, Sophia, about the interface and how flexible it is for teachers because I think that um, you know, on a podcast, it may not come across clearly enough that that to me, that's, that's the big win with Seesaw is the... ability for teachers to control so many aspects even again in that free version Um, so it's not it's not hard for a teacher to decide okay I'm just starting out with Seesaw I don't want to share out to parents yet because I want to get my sea legs with this and feel comfortable before it's it's public for parents but then very quickly they realize how easy it is and how often they want to use it because we haven't even mentioned it. It works on any device that you can imagine. So we have Chromebooks, we have iPads, we have, you know, Android devices. And, and, you know, I just, I love device agnostic tools that I'm not required to use a certain thing. So that's wonderful. Um, But I think the interface allows a, a granularity of control for teachers. Like you say, launching a blog is so simple, controlling whether parents see whether something is Public being able to share individual posts with just a simple link. I mean, it's it's just a very intuitive interface, and I think that that's why it has it has really grown in popularity so quickly because you don't need to sit for for an hour webinar to know how it works. Like you can kind of figure it out on your own, and so can kids, which is why it's so great. Um, where you work
5: with second graders, maybe
2: um, and, and is that right, Sophia? You work with with younger students with this,
5: I, I do I work with second grade um, and again we've used it I would say K2 in my building right now is a little bit more at it than th- our third through fifth graders right now we're K2 one-on-one iPads and so I think the iPad way was the way for me to sell it to so the uh, primary teachers everybody's a little afraid to start something um, when you see how easy it is and you let the kids play and you know figure out how to take a picture or how to make a video and you see how easy it is is for a five-year-old to do it there's no excuse for a 30-year-old teacher to say it's too hard for me that that's that's one of the greatest parts that we've had um, on being able to sell it to other teachers Um, I just want to touch really quick on the the other part of the blog so the blog originally was set up so that I could connect with other teachers. Um, What happened is that I live in, I work in a community where we have a lot of parents who aren't very open with their private information and email address. Many of them don't have internet connection or an email address, but I would say 85 to 90% of them have a smartphone. And so the way that I started to use it in a different way to communicate with parents was I asked them to bring their phones to our curriculum night and I downloaded a QR reader to every, single one of their phones, a free app. Um, And I gave them the link to our blog URL. And I said, you don't have to give me your information. You don't have to sign up to connect with your child, even though I would love for you to do that. Mm -hmm. I understand culturally, sometimes people like to be a little bit more private with their things. And so what we did was we made our blog public so that parents could just click on the QR code. It would take them directly to our blog and then they have access to their child's work without feeling the invasion of privacy that some of them do when they're not willing to give their private information to them. And that changed everything for me. Um, Parents who don't speak English and the translation that just came out, that update was amazing for my parents who speak other languages and to be able to see their children's work in a language that they can understand and just watch the videos that they have or that they've posted on their blog for that day. Um, it really is an amazing thing for our families to um, have access to. And now, that, we, we oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I wanted to touch on that piece of communication because, <clears throat> you know, if if you're keeping score, we've described Seesaw and Angela first described Seesaw as a uh, portfolio, right? I've described it as a storytelling app. <laughs> right, described it as a blog um, and a parent communication tool right and that's that's really significant because yes it does all of these things and at my school we are very active on social media and we try really hard to engage our parent community on social media and it's challenging I get pretty good results on Instagram with our parents, I know who they are and I can see that. And occasionally they'll pop up on our school's Facebook page, but it's not that active. But Seesaw <laughs> is off the hook, right? Because this stuff is coming directly from their kids. Right. I post something and seconds later, they've got likes and responses, right? Like they're clearly, our parents are clearly neglecting their jobs to check in <laughs> on what the kids are doing. Um, and that is totally awesome. I've actually talked to my school, uh, my admin and team a couple of times about, okay, how much do we want to capitalize on this, right? Do you really want to send that newsletter home? Do I still have to put this blog post together every week or... um can, can we count this because they're already there, right? Can I just make a slightly more informative post and blast it out to everybody's individual thing? You know, how often can we do that before they get annoyed at us? And, you know, it's an amazing tool for communication because the parents are so invested in it because their kids' stuff is there.
3: I think that's such a good point, Sam. And I think um, one of the things that we hope too is that it's coming from their student. So it's, I think in other platforms that the teacher is really the the person that's putting it out there, right? So they're the person putting it out there, they're determining the view that everyone is getting, um, but also it, it's the snapshot of the entire classroom, not necessarily that particular student. So obviously with Seesaw, you can have things that you share of what's going on in your classroom, but I think the more powerful aspect you're speaking of is specifically this, you know, my child added this, or this is coming from my, my student, um, is, is a game changer. And I think the the fact too, that no matter where parents are at, so many families have, cell phone or they have access to something that they're using and it's with them all the time um, and they're getting these updates uh that way and it's really seamless and easy so one of the things i even did in my classroom speaking of the, the the newsletter or the blog post or the website and all those things i just started doing audio visual newsletters via seesaw um so i thought why am i spending an hour typing a newsletter every single week that i don't know that anyone's reading uh but if i do you know, if I quick spend five minutes doing an audio visual newsletter uh, via Seesaw and I know every single person's gonna see that, that's the way to go. Um, so I think as you, as you keep using it, there's other things that you start, like I said before, you start to kind of rethink how you've previously been doing things to see maybe ways you as a teacher can be more efficient or effective.
2: And we even use it for um, for newsletters, as you've pointed out, but um we are required in Massachusetts to um, collect di- digital portfolios as educators as part of our evaluation, you know our evaluation process. And it's very easy for teachers to get a link uh, uh, from Seesaw to provide that as a piece of evidence for you know the progress of a student. We were talking earlier about how it's really beneficial sometimes to look back at you know, let's look at your reading fluency, let's let's see how you sounded reading this earlier in the year and how much you've, you know, grown in your reading and how proud I am of you. And, And you can hear, like, how much better you're moving through this passage. And so you can provide that for kids, but also it's a great way as teachers, when you're trying to demonstrate progress that kids are making in a very tangible way, um as part of a digital portfolio for student learning that that is you know again for us part of our evaluation process it's just become again it's great to have one tool that does so many things instead of having to say for teachers okay so you want to do that let me tell you what you use for that or you want something else let me tell you and um pam in our uh, who's who's in our um, chat audience is, is mentioning and i think it's worth talking about too the ability for Seesaw to, to work so well and be integrated with other apps that teachers may really love using. So maybe you can speak about that, Angela, some of the tools that 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 allow teachers to bring products right from other apps right into Seesaw. Right.
3: So basically what I, what I like to tell people is anything that you're creating digitally most likely can go to Seesaw. So if you're using a website or if you're using any sort of mobile app, Uh, that it can be saved as a video, if you can get a link for it, if you can download it to your camera roll, it can go to Seesaw. Um, Even if you're using, you know, Google tools, if you're using Google Slides or anything in Google Drive can also be shared to Seesaw. So um, a lot of times you kind of run into this situation sometimes where you're using other apps and you're thinking oh this is just stuck there on this device no one gets to see it until you know it's it's held captive um but seesaw is allows you to easily share those so uh, different depending on what you're using it you might add it as a link to seesaw you might you know share it directly to seesaw from the app via a share extension um but yeah so there's lots i mean sophia and julia i'm sure have their favorites some of my favorites in kindergarten we used Chatterkid kid all the time you shadow puppet edu uh i always kind of said if i could only have three apps those would probably be them um but yeah so those are kind of some of that that we use all the time specific to ipads but uh i know
5: julie and sophia have all sorts of other ideas as well oh so yeah I'll let's, just let's
1: touch favorite on. apps around the table
5: <laughs> well i'll just touch on the fact that seesaw made it a little bit easier um so our three to five uh grade levels do everything in Google. And yeah. what I love about Seesaw is they made it just a, just one step simpler for them to take anything that can be done in a Google app and um, put it right into Seesaw. And so those teachers that are always the ones that are leery, I love my Google, I love my Google Classroom, and Seesaw is just one more thing. Um, it's nice for them to see that, that it's very simple to just take something that was created and, and put right there. Um, let's see, my favorites. I love Write About This. It's just a prompting um, app with uh, pictures and it's a great way to start my morning, just some creative writing. Kids don't get to do creative writing anymore. We structure everything. And so I love that free time with that. And I think the other one is probably School Kit Math. Um, that is like a million manipulatives that are, fr- it's a free app, which I love free apps. Um, and it's so easy to um, get the district to approve free apps sometimes than it is uh, anything that's paid and uh, great manipulatives and any sc- thing that can be screenshot. It's put right into seesaw. And the math is amazing.
2: Yeah. We're using it this week with book creator, which, yeah. which allows kids to share directly. So when they hit the share button, they see seesaw as a choice and you know, it's kind of it, to me the the big seller for early childhood, you know, for our youngest learners, is the login and the ease of login. Um, I think that, to me that was like the magic. Like when I ever saw that, Angela, I was like, shut the front door. Like I am. Totally, I, well,
3: so um. so story behind that. I when they when I first started testing Seesaw before it had a name, that wasn't that wasn't there. Um, so when another teacher that uh, is with Seesaw, now Zach, actually said, you know, we want to make this really easy for students to access. And literally when that QR code, when they're like, try the QR code, I was like, oh, my goodness. Life again, changing. talking yeah. about empowering, right? Complete game changer totally. if you're working with Littles at all. Um, just the fact that, again, I, I know there are other tools that people use and, and say, oh, it's okay. this You know, they can put in their, you know, email address and 15 digit digit password, but there's always some students that struggle with that, you know, and 10 minutes later into the class period. So yes, I absolutely, game changer with the QR code sign in.
2: Yeah, so, you know, visual for our listeners who may be unfamiliar with Seesaw, when you set up your teacher account, um, you create a class code that is in the form of a scannable QR code and you post those around the room And the students launch the Seesaw app, and then they just use the camera on the device to scan the QR code. And it brings the students into that teacher's classroom. And once they're there, there's a list of student names with cute little icons, which are adorable, next to each student name. And they just click on their name to add content associated with them. And they can even click on multiple names if they've done a group project. And that way, it posts to the stream of all of the kids involved. but for, for schools that have less technology that aren't as fortunate as some that have, you know, great, great that you have one-to-one, but many schools are lucky to have a handful of iPads available. Seesaw is a beautiful option for shared devices because of the way that you sign in. So kids aren't kids aren't stuck in the app. You know, they they I can easily take the same set of iPads and bring them next door to another teacher and the kids you know, you know, scan the QR code and now they see a different class list. So again, when, when working with tablets, that's kind of a source of frustration for teachers um, that they're not easy to share, but because of the ease of sign-in and the way that it's done, it, it really eliminates a lot of time that's really essentially wasted time for kids to get in and get started with um demonstrating their learning so i love
3: that i love that you're bringing that up too because i i'm coming my experience is in a five ipad classroom so i had five ipads for my you know 24 students and um very conscious of time i think every teacher is like how is this actually going to work how are students going to do this and i think also just the functionality of that they can add their work very quickly and respond and reflect very quickly so other students have that opportunity to use that as well because i think sometimes too if you're doing um in some other tools you know there's multiple multiple steps involved in in capturing and not everyone gets a turn that time so I, i think that's important that you brought that up too so
2: i i also would love for you guys um to to share one of the things that i think is really powerful is the Resources available Sophia you mentioned something that I wasn't familiar with which is a list of teachers but there's also a really fantastic help center page and um, I wonder if one of you want to talk about that and how that makes just great entry points for teachers because they look at it and They don't necessarily know I find like well gee what do I use this with and and I love to say anything but it's really nice to be able to say well go look here and you'll get some very specific ideas about how you could try Seesaw out with kids. Have have um, have some of you in the um, in the group here used those help center stuff and the activity ideas either yourselves or sharing with teachers? Um, I have. I can speak to that a little bit. Um, Seesaw's
4: help site help.seesaw.me, is really robust, um, and there's really like if a teacher comes to me with a question because they they know that I. I'm a Seesaw enthusiast and they want my perspective or my help with it. I I mean, there's really nothing they could ask me that they couldn't find the answer to themselves on that help site. Um, What's so nice too there at that help site is there are so many embedded videos and Seesaw has such a large collection of like tutorial and webinar type videos. And they're not just all 30 minutes or an hour. Some of them are as short as 10 minutes or two minutes. And I find that that's really teacher friendly because as a tech specialist, if I'm trying to talk to a teacher and want to get them invested in something, The odds of that if they have to watch an hour long tutorial are kind of small, (laughs) but if I can give this a few minutes or this is 10 minutes and some of the Seesaw um, tutorial videos that I've made, I try to keep them one minute. I actually started doing a lot of them in Snapchat because I realized that more teachers were following of my own teachers in my district were following me on Snapchat than would actually come to my trainings. So I just started sneaking in a lot of like Seesaw stuff on my Snapchat. Um, It's really easy to make one minute long videos. And then I think you can get teachers hooked on some things when the trainings are short. So Seesaw just has such a great collection there. Um, And it's organized um, very well. And you can use the search bar to search um, keywords and other search terms. So it's super helpful. I mean, um, as users of Seesaw, we're all very lucky to have that.
5: Yeah, what I I love about... I'm sorry, Angela. What I love about... um, This community is that even on like Facebook, somebody asks a question and somebody immediately posts a link to a video. It's so simple, so interactive that if there's a question that somebody can't answer or it's going to take them too long on a Facebook post to explain it, just put the link of the video on there and send them right to it. There's enough videos to really kind of answer almost anything.
3: Yeah. And I think, Sophia, uh, one of the things I always like to share too are, you know, Julie mentioned it, but we have so many webinars. Uh, that's that teachers have come to. I've invited Sophia to come, I've invited Julie to come, uh, that are on every topic under the sun, every single area that teaching at every single level. how So, all those are at web.seesaw.me backslash PDS. That's where all of our live webinar schedules are posted, but also if you scroll down that page, there are probably over 100 hours, I'm guessing, of webinars, so if you get really jazzed and super okay. excited, uh, definitely check that out. There's things from you know, spaces to coding, um, all sorts of things that are getting started blogging, all sorts of things um, to get started with. And I think, Sophia, just to, to, to bounce a little bit off the community aspect of Seesaw is that's something that I hadn't quite experienced uh, in my 15 years of teaching until I started using Seesaw. Because one of the things I realized very soon, and I think the first time that I presented about Seesaw, uh, the teachers were fanatical. They're like, what, you know, and they were so excited. And I was like, oh my goodness. I felt like, you know, it was amazing. But I think that energy and that enthusiasm and passion really shows through in our community. So as Sophia was saying, You know, we have a Seesaw teachers group on Facebook um, alone. You know, there's over 10,000 teachers on that now that are constantly just sharing ideas and bouncing questions off of each other. But um, you'll find that if there's a teacher that's using Seesaw, they get super excited about it um, and want to share. So I appreciate that.
2: Well, as you could tell, Angela, before we had you on the show, we've had our little side conversations about our, (laughs) our, you know, absolute obsession around Seesaw. And when tools work well, and when they do many things under one umbrella, it's just, it's hard not to get excited because we spend so much time combing through lots of Things that are kind of one trick ponies and they're great at one little thing, but do we really need we need a Swiss army knife tool and this is that type of thing. Right right? and the
1: kids can work it period right it's phenomenal because the kids can work it and ultimately what teachers who use seesaw find is that using seesaw helps the kids learn more. Right. Cause you're you've got an accountable practice of reflection, you're expanding the conversation, you can actually review their work. It's just a good tool. I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm I'm an old, old man, and I'm thinking about how many times were there videos made of me showing what I had learned in my schooling, right? And there might've been one or two, but it was a program and there were 250 people in the auditorium and I was reading a memorized thing about a Robin, right? Like, no, this, this is a completely different world. And I think that's why teachers can get so fanatical about it because it realizes so much of the potential that that camera on that device in our classroom introduces.
5: Yeah, and I'm glad you touched on that, Sam, because the other part is, is how about all of those kids that didn't talk before? Now yeah. they're more comfortable talking to a microphone and the things that you're learning about them and from them that you never would have gotten in front of maybe even five other kids in your guided reading group will blow you away um, and you didn't know it and you would have maybe never known it had you not given them a you know microphone and a camera or whatever else this tool has people always say, what is your favorite thing? And they're looking for all these other apps. And when you continue to say Seesaw, they really get tired of you saying (laughs) the same thing because again, fanatical, but... How can you continue to say that something else is working when you found the one thing that works in so many ways for so many different things? You know, it's, it's you, you can be cloned on Seesaw. You can have independent centers that you no longer have to be at and the time saver that it does and all these tricks that you learn after using it and um, all these different ways just makes you a better teacher because you really understand where your kids are and what they need from you
1: right and our kids now live in a completely different world than we've ever experienced right they live in a world of micro video Mm -hmm. they live in a world where opening up a flat object and speaking to it as if it's a real person is normal Mm -hmm. right like anybody doing what we're doing right now when i was five would have been called a crazy person right (laughs) there was no reason to sit and talk you know, to make your own recordings or something like that, unless you were like my crazy uncle Earl with his tape deck and his 150,000 cassette tapes that he recorded and then put on a shelf. Right. So this tool is so perfect for our students, right? Like, like you were saying, Sophia, the students who aren't really reluctant to stand up in front of their peers, may be a lot more comfortable in front of a device and speaking to that device. They've watched hundreds of hours of YouTube videos of people staring at a camera and talking to it. And you can tell because at the end, they may just well ask for subscribers.
3: (laughs) I think the other thing too, Sophia, that you mentioned that kind of sparked in me too, was the idea of, um, that you hear all of your students' voices. And I think as teachers, we want that, right? We strive to do that. And I'm thinking, you know, in my 15th year of teaching, I'm thinking, oh, I've got this down. I know, I know the lay of the land here. I know what, what's going on with each of these students. And then I started using CSUN, and I was like, oh my goodness, I have been missing a lot. You know, I, because even if they're approaching a math problem and they're talking about the steps that they use to create it or solve it, You know, how they got to the end point, you actually can hear their thinking. So at that moment, you can also, as a teacher, reflect and say, oh, this is the next step I can take with this student. This is the connection that they're making uh, that wasn't a part of our conversation before.
1: Right. And in five minutes of class time where you said to all of the children, point your device at this and explain your thinking, you got 100 minutes of data because you have 20 kids in that room. Exactly. Right, and you couldn't do that conferencing in three weeks. Right Now, I know that with this panel here, we could go on for the next three or four hours about all of the super amazingness that is Seesaw. I wanna just check back on our chat to make sure that we haven't missed anything. Jen, do you have eyes on that?
2: So yeah, we had a question related to um comments. So w- you, there was some discussion uh, between uh, you know, Sophia talked about it and, and I believe, um, Julie, you also mentioned that you um, take advantage of the commenting feature. It's a great way to teach digital citizenship. And, and you talked about some of the ways that you increase the quality of those comments and strategies you use. Um, but there's a question about moderating um, comments and, and what, you know, just for our audience, like what is available for teachers in terms of comments and moderating? and what is best practices in your classrooms, and, and why do you have it set in the way that you do uh, in terms of the, you know, whether comments are, are moderated or not?
5: Um,
4: to- so- okay, yeah, you take it. You got it.
5: Okay, so um, every comment um, from within your classroom, from with- out of your classroom, on the blog, parents, anything else um, has to be approved by a Teacher. So uh, there's no comment that is posted on any of my students work without me having the opportunity to approve it, which deletes so many um, other things that can happen in a second grade classroom um, with uh, any kind of post. So that is amazing for a teacher to again uh, kind of loosen the reins a little bit. A lot of our uh, commenting in the beginning be- becomes um, Paper first then we move on to commenting online just so that we get a good sense of what it looks like and what it should be
1: because this will never be the youtube comment section
5: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) in fact if we do this work right in 20 years we might be able to change that youtube comment section
3: right well, and I think, too, just, you know, we're, we've talked about so many different aspects of CETA tonight because we're super excited about it. But I think if a teacher is listening and they're thinking, this sounds awesome, but wh- wh- my head is spinning, where do I even start? I think if you just download the app and you just start playing with it right now and you're playing around as a teacher yourself and you're maybe taking pictures around, you know, around your house tonight um, or in your classroom tomorrow, just to kind of play around with it, you can decide how, you know, if you want comments turned on or not. You can basically set up your class however you feel comfortable at the beginning and obviously change it throughout as you as you're growing and learning more about Seesaw. So if you're thinking, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't think about a blog right now, that's okay. Yes, you, you can get there, come on. <laughs> and
2: well, we yeah. actually um, we actually had
3: teachers share
2: um, have had classrooms of kids teach other entire classrooms so that's another way that as teachers are thinking about rolling out and we talked at the top of the hour about the the empowering students piece and and that's just another way that we can empower our kids by showing them that they can teach and sometimes we've had younger kids teach older kids how to use seesaw Mm -hmm. so just because they learned it first and it's just a really great dynamic to see and then the teachers are feeling much better that each kid is getting individual attention and um, it's just been a great way in our elementary school to to push Seesaw out in in more classrooms where teachers are helping each other and the kids are partnering with, uh, with different age groups, which is really fun.
5: Yeah, Jen, I think my most rewarding presentation was when I took students to a Google Summit and they did the presenting they did the whole presentation on Seesaw. They had teachers moving around into different stations and teaching them how to use the camera. This is how we use the video. This is how we use this and that. And I think what the best feedback I got from teachers was if you can have a seven-year-old teach me this, there's no reason why I can't do this to teach, you know, my seven-year-olds or five-year-olds or whatever else. So most empowering was to have the kids teach the adults. It was amazing.
0: And there are so many things that we've learned tonight, guys. I want to say thank you so much for a great show. Uh, I certainly learned an awful lot. I know we had a great uh, chat over here on TeacherCast.tv. Um, Sam, Jen, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should do this topic again, right? There's certainly a lot of stuff to do here. Right? <laughs> Jen, Jen, certainly Jen, is. Jen is beaming right now for those of you in, in your car.
2: I, I told um, you we could fill hours talking about Seesaw. Well, that's how right. we feel too <laughs>
0: Let, let's do it um, so let's, let's do this let's, let's do a little wrap up here because uh, we're at the hour mark but clearly I think this is only the first half of the full episode that might have to take, uh, take place in maybe a few weeks or so we'll have everybody back on and handle some stuff here um, let's go down the entire row here starting with Angela and we'll work our way down Angela where can we learn more information about this great platform and uh, some of the great things that you're doing these days
3: Yeah, so I would just go to our website. So web.seesaw.me is a great starting point. Uh, You can connect with our teacher community, of course, on Twitter at Seesaw or Seesaw Teachers on Facebook as well.
0: Jennifer.
2: I'm available at teachingforward.net and same on Twitter at teachingforward. Forward. Julie. Okay, so I'm
4: at EHS, Mrs. J on Twitter, and I tweet a lot of samples of my student work and a lot of that is from Seesaw and a lot of seesaw links. So if you want to see how big kids
5: are using Seesaw, just find me on Twitter.
0: Very cool. Uh, let's go to Sophia. Uh,
5: my personal Twitter is at Mrs. Smith OP220. Uh, my students is at second grade voices and uh, great work showing there too.
1: Sam. You can find me at mypaperlessclassroom.com.
0: And, of course, you can check out this and all of our shows over here on the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. The Tech Educator podcast is live every single Tuesday night, 8 o'clock Eastern, as part of the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network. There's, of course, several other great ways that you can reach out and be a part of this and all of our shows. You can find us on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voicemail at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail. Email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. And please take a moment and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this and all of our shows. As Sam said earlier, I learned that from a second grader, Sam. You can, of course, check out everything over at TeacherCast.net slash audio and TeacherCast.net slash video. On behalf of everybody here at the TeacherCast Educational Broadcasting Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.